So what do we do? Well, there are two treatments I'd recommend. One is a series of painful shots injected into your abdomen and kneecaps. And the other involves a musical number. Me, 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 oh! How many shots? There was this cat I knew back home where I was bred. He never listened to a single thing his mother said. He never used a litter box. He made a mess in the halls. That's why they sent him to a vet who cut up all his bow. Hi guys, welcome to Midnight Movie Night, where we discuss some of the most enjoyably bad movies of all time. I'm your host, Kevin Heisinger. Join with me all the way from Sacramento. He's in a car. He's having some fun. He's a repeat offender on this podcast, if you will. And he goes by one name and one name only, which is Buddy. Buddy, good to see you. It is so good to be back, Kevin. Those luscious locks, man. You're just growing them out. Quarantine. Uh, Yeah, two and a half years of, yeah, two and a half years of quarantine. (laughs) It feels like it. We are in (laughs) 2020 season two. Also join with us all the way from Boston, his first time being on the podcast. He also has his own podcast called The Comics Feature. It is Dave Vidala. Dave, good to see you. Hey, good to see you guys, too. Yo, Thanks buddy's for re- working with some Maybelline, man. I'm jealous as fuck what you got going on. <laughs> I could never grow my hair out that long, so I, I am jealous. All right. And now what better movie to discuss on like such a gorgeous summer day? I'm glad I stayed inside and I watched the 2003. I'm going to use the word adaptation super loosely because I don't know what the fuck this was. This is the cat in the hat. The Mike Myers catastrophe. (laughs) This was Jesus. I don't know. And I will say the only tangent I have because this movie, I've never seen it until today. And the only little tidbit I had, which was pretty cool, it was I was on set of this movie back before it came out. We did a VIP tour with my mom and sister, and I saw the sets, and they looked great. I saw the house and the streets, and it looked really cool. I was very excited to go see it, but then the reviews came out. (laughs) I decided against seeing it because I just didn't want to sit through it and i know the big thing and to this day i'd only seen maybe 10 minutes of it because it's just and actually i'm gonna be honest watching the whole thing today i i was laughing a lot this movie i think it's so bad are you really i was some of the stuff mike myers did i I chuckled like a lot of the bits we'll get into but it's just i mean I thought the first 15 minutes was actually a pretty solid film at first. I'm like, okay, like the sets, because this movie cost $109 million. (laughs) The set design, I thought looked really good. I thought, yeah, the color schemes, the sets, everything looked pretty solid. And then we're introduced to... Kevin, I think it's supposed to take place in a gay neighborhood. That's why everyone's got more focuses. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a Dr. Seuss world, but I could be wrong. But it's That's we're introduced to our children. We got Spencer Breslin and Dakota Fanning, which that's when you knew this movie was filmed in 2003. Just because like, what the fuck? And why was Spencer Breslin really a thing? I don't because of it because of his sister, for one, but two, 
I spent the first half of the movie thinking that he was Beans from Even Stevens. But then Beans pops up in the fucking yeah, movie. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just just so he could hit Mike Myers in the balls. But that yeah, was he, weird. Him showing up is like almost like an omen because like he's super ugly and like you're like, oh shit, something bad is gonna happen. And sure enough, like someone got beamed pretty rough. Right in the deep. It was pretty bad, but I will say Spencer Breslin, Dakota. I feel like the acting was okay. I mean, Kelly Preston's in this movie. R.I.P. We miss you. Yeah. And it's and also her boss in this movie, played by Sean Hayes, who's also the fish and his whole bit. I mean, he's the boss who he has like he's a germaphobe and he loves telling people they're fired. Yeah. And this like, and I love that joke because they thought that him saying you're fired really loud was so funny. They did it like three or four more times. I love stuff like that because they couldn't think of a lot of jokes, but it was funnier each time they did it. Yeah. And especially in the flashback when he says it and repeats himself a bunch of times. <laughs> what was his name? Humberflube? Hyman? Hyman? Oh, he did have one of those very fucking who names, you know, like one of those zippity doodah very easy to rhyme names zippity doodah especially and that was the biggest problem because when we were introduced to the cat and he comes in and he says that one thing where he just he's not very good at rhyming that was that was a little too much like, that's isn't that the whole book yeah it's just he's just doctors like what the fuck like that's everything that was everything about this movie that was dr seuss the set the rhyming, the things that were actually Dr. Seuss related were awesome about this movie. Every time they had to come up with something for themselves, it was garbage. Yeah. It was burning garbage. I'm trying to think. I don't really remember the book. It was like a rainy day and the cat comes in and they have some fun. But they decided mm-hmm. to stretch that into barely an hour, 20 minutes. And I just it's why? A, it's a 90 or it's a 100 minute movie, isn't it? I, I think it's, it's like only one thirty, barely. I think five of those were like the credits because it's just it barely clocked in like hour twenty two. I think with plus a lot of credits and it's just that's still too much time. It was you, too much. Actually, you I thought forty five minutes and made a really fun kids movie. It almost did. I will because I mean we should compare it to the Grinch that came out like three years prior, which. I mean, I haven't watched it since it came out, but I love that one. I yeah, yeah. I rewatch that one often. This one I've never gone back and rewatched, even though I own the DVD. Hey, um, until, he's until I did it for you, and I was like, "Wow, I don't remember why." I think I bought it as maybe a joke. You did know? you throw it away afterwards? Are you no, keeping it for a keepsake. <laughs> I, I'm keeping it just because it fills out my shelf. <laughs> it does it does look good on that shelf it that is. red white and blue feng shui just mm-hmm. yeah right <laughs> independence day hell yeah just just like the color scheme of this my, my whole mike myers complete set yeah. <laughs> and it's I mean, too bad because when you look at i love wayne's world and i love austin powers so to hear that he's kind of a nightmare to work with makes me sad especially oh on, god yeah but he also, about the didn't wanna, he also didn't want to do this contractually this obligated movie. And you can tell throughout the whole entire movie that he did not want to do it. 
and Universal Studios is like, you're doing it, Mike. And then there's even a joke. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it. But there is the perfect Universal telling Mike Myers to fuck himself joke where he has to be like they freeze frame. And he <laughs> where they're on the ride. The yeah. And he points the tickets and he's like, Universal Studios. Yeah. It's like you should you can catch rides like this at Universal Studios. And he winks at them. And I thought that was funny. I like it. That was funny, one of the funny when you think about it in context of Universal Studios going, oh, you don't want to do this movie? Well, guess yeah. what? Not only are you going to do it, but you're going to show for us. That's and, kind of fucked, right? And he sued. They countersued. And the agreement they came upon was that he's going to be in another Universal movie. That movie was The Love Guru, which may be even worse than this one. <laughs> Which is also coming up on the podcast. I, I I can actually defend the Love Guru because it is just Mike Myers' dumb fun. This one, for some reason, was starting to make me angry at part. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. I enjoyed myself mostly because like the humor was so inappropriate and adult oriented. <laughs> Dude, yes. So. Same. And I feel like I because I, I did a little like pre-work. I read some reviews and I feel like I need a functional MRI because I enjoy this film uh, mostly because like there's parts of it where like a lot of it where he's just like he's like he's just doing bits the entire time. The whole and the movie. kids are just not giving him anything. Back. Yeah. <laughs> These are like intricate fucking bits. He's juggling shit. He's um, he's like showing them his intestines that are shaped like other things. Uh, he's <laughs> like he's. He's got like belching to toilets, belching flames and shit. And the kids are just like, yeah, whatever. We're just like riding this woman, you fucking coot. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> we're good. He's just. I related. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a comic who's just bombing in front of a couple kids the whole movie. <laughs> and it was, that's why I enjoy it. Cause I'm just, he kept saying, and it was so unpredictable. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And we'll talk about, it. I mean, oh, there's so much shit crammed into this film. And I was kept having to pause. I'm like, what is happening right now? But especially <laughs> I have three pages the, of notes. <laughs> I know. Like, I, just, I, <laughs> I was so confused, especially the whole what was it like the Martha Stewart thing or the scene where they go into the cooking show or what was okay, that? That, where, scene, yeah. that scene is fucking weird because they do the whole bit. And then the only funny part about that is the after part where they do the whole thing where they're talking about to the kids and they're like, okay, so that wasn't supposed to happen, blah, 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 like the legal thing. And then yeah. the audience peers in on them. That is the whole, that whole stupid setup is just for that little joke. And I'm like, I don't think it was worth it. Don't think that one was worth it. They had so much time to fill because the book is what, like, 20 pages i don't remember that, I, I, I actually have the book i reread it it's such a fun little stupid little adventure and they take it and they're like oh yeah this this right here it's the same assholes who thought that uh battleship the board game could be a good movie you know what i mean like right. the thought process behind it was oh people like this it's a movie yeah, and I felt like because with going back to the Grinch, I mean, there's Jim Carrey and he's known for doing improv and stuff and he can carry that. And mostly because the Grinch is already supposed to be kind of an asshole that hates Christmas. So it makes sense for him to be doing shitty things. And I guess it works better in that context. But in this one, I mean, the cat <coughs> comes in and he's just trying to help him out and have a, a, a good day. But he's just kind of a terrible person i don't he's just like a troublemaker i don't remember what he was in the book i just don't understand why the, 
because the cat is just he's awful <laughs> he said the things he does are just so schemy basically just yeah, like in, the book, in the book he just um like comes in he makes a mess they break out machines they clean up he leaves and it's like it never happened or the house is like cleaner than before right. I mean, this is like somehow 100 minutes of like alec baldwin being like he I don't really feel like film. taking kids to a fucking theme park or a playground. Like, I just want to get rid of them. I just want to, like, eat that Travolta tang. And, like, yeah. I'd be, like, in the same boat. I'm like, yeah, fuck these kids, man. Like, I don't give a shit. Alec Baldwin <laughs> is in this film. And I will say oh he God. was chewing that scenery to the fullest. Yeah. And I, this, I appreciate it. This was it. definitely his audition for the SNL Trump. This was, this was him full-on, like, super mega dickhead just douchebag i loved it i know i was fully invested but i didn't under okay so he comes in and he's trying to get with kelly preston and he's basically telling the kid that he's gonna go to military school and so he pretends, he's like this snooty guy but we find out in fact he is not rich and we reveal he he's wearing a corset that reveals his gut and he's poor which I don't understand, like, why is this his, like, it would have made perfect sense if he was still rich and an asshole. I don't understand. Like, we already don't like him. Like, he's already really stuck up and evil. Why is he also a liar and really poor and they repossess his television set and nothing else? I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why we were like, I don't think we were championing women in 2003 as hard as we were now. Like, I don't know why this is a thing in the movie, really. And I think it's because I think it's to lead to the whole thing at the end where he gets thrown in the never-ending pit of like clutter because it's like he's a slob. This is where he belongs, kind of thing. Yeah, it was. All, I just all, all of everything is leading to that like reveal of oh, these kids have to like realize that they're really pieces of shit. But honestly, the only piece of shit is the boy. The girl's just boring. Yeah, she's just kind of she's, she's just a know-it-all. Movie, by the way. Yeah, and I will say, whatever happened to Dakota Fanning? Is she still around? Yes, she's amazing. She, she everything was in, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, for like five minutes. So good for her. She got the Tarantino credit. Or was that Ellie Fanning? I really I get lost. It's Elle Fanning, L. not Ellie. Ellie, I don't. I don't. Are there? Know. I feel like there's two to three Fannings at this point. I, it's Dakota. We, and yeah. We gotta up those numbers. We gotta. We need more Fannings in the cinema. We fanning well, we finally got a third Olsen. So I know, and I love. Yeah, we do. All these, all these child stars keep getting like, re- like siblings that end up being more successful. I don't appreciate more it. talented. <laughs> I guess you could say that, but yeah. What I mean, Mike Myers. A lot of stuff happens. We get that whole subplot. I mean, well, first we have this nanny that passes. She gets. I'm assuming she gets drugged because she just sleeps all the time and they just she hang just her. The fuck, she just passed the fuck out. And I think the idea is that like, I don't think it was a drugged thing though. <laughs> yeah. I, I just assume Mike, Meyer, but... Mike Myers is very open with the fact that he he'll just let them use and abuse that old lady. Yeah. They literally ride her. They use her as a vehicle at one point. Yeah, uh-huh. and she, they lock her in a closet for the whole movie. Which they also dude. mentioned, like they all, like on the news. I think we have like a little bit of a delay, but yeah, there's a there's a point of the news where they mention Taiwan, but it's almost in the context of like this is a made up kooky Dr. Seuss place. 
Yeah, I remember the like the box or whatever that leads to the other dimension is like it's made in the Philippines. It's like what? Like oh, yeah. not not that, that Philippines. Box, that box is the that box is I think what really irritated me because that was their idea. That was the thing outside of Doctor Seuss where they're like, okay, we gotta add something that makes all of this worth it. Like what is this all leading to? And it's all this big box thing. And the box just failed. It was like, oh, the whole fucking Dr. Seuss place is in this box or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, did not and like I will the say. Box. Did not like the box. And that no, whole... totally because as soon as like the kid walks back in the house, he's like, if we close the box, it'll like fix everything. And it's just like, <laughs> you just make that up. Like, is that? Yeah. That, then that's that's just how it works then. OK. Exactly. Right. Does he know that? Yeah. <laughs> that's good writing. Say... I, I was enjoying the film when they end up in that third dimension was pretty bizarre and it lost me a little bit, but I was still, I was along for the ride. I was okay with what, was it the third dimension or was it like, that was what the box opened up into their front room. Like that's what it turned it, their front room into uh, before it destroyed it the first time. That's a good, I think they were physically still in the house per Dr. Yeah. Seuss law and physics. You know what I mean? Like they were very much like, oh, this is like part of the mess. We're never going to be able to have time to clean up. Yeah, because uh, when Alec Baldwin gets uh, squirted out, he he goes out the fucking like tube. Like he, he goes does. out like the, the, the house. Sewage. Yeah. The house. I was confused by that. But Oh, yeah. Do you guys have any guesses? It's so random that I found this out. The original, who was going to be the original cat in this film? Who? Oh, uh, I mean, Robin Williams was alive in 2003, wasn't he? He was, but it's not him. It's so random. It was Tim Allen. And oh, that makes perfect sense. It was so random. I would have, I wonder what that movie would have been like. I wonder. Yikes. And I wonder, but he was busy with the masterpiece that is the Santa Claus 2. So it was, we got Dan, and then we got Mike Myers in this film, who was just kind of dicking Santa Claus around. 2, the Mrs. Claus. The Mrs. Claus. Did you, guys, did you guys get it vibes from the cat in the hat? He was freaking me out quite a bit. His suit was scary. It was attitude was scary. And... The fact that his suit is made of human hair and rabbit hair. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> so gross. Oh, Jesus. This guy. And that is terrifying. It is. This movie is kind of borderline a horror film. But no, because it, it is absolutely a horror film because a lot of the time, like, he's having the time of his fucking life, especially toward the end. Like, the kids are writhing in horror and he's just like loving it. Like, ha, 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 you fucking idiots. Like, just like he terror. Did. Why can't you get along? Get on the cat uh, cat poster. What, what makes it even scarier, I think, is thing one and thing two. Because these things Those are nightmare fuel. I was not okay with them at all. <laughs> the way they were designed, the way they spoke, scared the shit out of me. I was not okay with these this, two. This the was peak right before technology started to make actual CGI that worked. So this was like terrible CGI throughout. And thing one and thing two are just two little Oompa Loompas on crack. And like in the worst Terrifying. shitty way too. It's like in the book, they're, they're iconic. You know, they're, they do the opposite of what they're told to do. Um, <laughs> I know the word told right off the bat. They do everything opposite of what you tell them to do as they're tearing up the house. And then he doesn't discover until halfway into the film. Oh, 
like, hey, don't come and help us. Like, why not right off the bat? Like, hey, like, don't, um, you know, oh, wait, keep tearing up the house. And like, oh, we have to do that. Like, why did it take you so long to realize? Like, just tell them the opposite. But now they were trying to catch him with those giant nets. It was, this was a nightmare. Um, especially when they pull over Kelly Preston. That was, that was disturbing. When he doesn't he eat her registration and then he tries to Heimlich it out of him. That yeah, was... Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston is a uh, delight throughout this movie. She is a fox. Oh, we miss you. No, I we do, love you. I we do sure do. Say, I do have to say though, at the beginning, like before we meet the cat in the hat, when she like goes off, that whole line where he, uh, the little shitty kids, like. Uh, I wish I sometimes I wish I had a different mom and she's like well sometimes I do too that is the most coldest shit I have ever heard was she was pain. like you know what yeah. you little shit I wish you had a different mom too you little motherfucker she's like but I'm running one minute late so I can't turn around and tell you you know hey I went a little farther that time <laughs> exactly uh, Don't fuck yourself. and what is up with that I mean so the boss he fires people and so they're gonna have a company party at their place like oh by the way if your house is messy you're fired i don't oh this was a thing like in the 50s like like if you're like it has nothing to do with like your workability like i don't know i don't understand what the correlation is like if you're like in an accounting firm but like if you like throw a banger dinner dinner for your boss you'll be promoted like the next day doesn't seem to have much to do with like your day-to-day working skills really but like if you throw a good dinner that's the key to the promotion and they in 2003 they were like this is what people are talking about right and they made those brownies and you know what you can make brownies out of anything 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 and i don't know what they were leading up to did we ever find out what they made the brownies out of they were purple it was like tin yeah i don't i was so stuff they found around the house but we do have to talk about, I mean, so we have this whole subplot, right? Where the dog gets loose because we had to fill that whole time. And that's the, <laughs> that's just the plot. It was like, we got to find this dog. Alec Baldwin's like, no, 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 I'm going to get the dog. And then your, you know, your mom's going to gonna bang your mom because I found him. Boom. I don't I mean, we're talking, we're talking shit about the dog, but he was the strongest actor in this movie. So he was, I was, you know. Dakota Fanning, Spencer Breslin. I gotta give a shout out. Dakota Fanning had the best comedy lines throughout the movie. I think she was the star here. She she killed it. The my favorite line of the whole movie, the only one that like really made me utterly laugh, is at the end after the house is destroyed, and uh, she's not gonna run up to her room to like not get busted for the mess, and her brother asks her why, and she's like two reasons. One, the stairs are destroyed. And that just made me laugh so fucking hard because it was like the most clever little line that they put in there. And she delivered it like a fucking champ. Other than that, other than that, those kids were a mess. Yeah. Spencer Breslin, he's got his lisp. Whatever happened, because we did the happening. That was like one of my first episodes. And he's in that movie and he gets shot in the face. I'm like, why? Why was that your career move? I don't. So his so his sister grew out of her awkward stage. He never got to. Yeah, no, he still kind of is. He was kind of like that Haley Joel Osment, where he's like aged really weird, and it just is not. 
It's not going to work Bean's, out. Beans age. age oh, my. He too. was weird when he was a kid. He's not a cute kid. He's fucking weird looking. I don't I know. know, but he couldn't even like average it out. He just got worse and worse. So sad. We miss you, Beans. We love you. You know, we hope you found a better career, especially that. Oh, that poor kid from the Phantom Menace. Probably. Oh, I know. Had Jake Lloyd over had, at Foot Locker right now. Yeah, probably, he had the worst life. But whatever, Jake Lloyd, again, we shouted you out in the Jingle All the Way episode. We love you. We miss you. We sent flowers to the asylum you're at. It's signed from us. Also, if you want to guest on the podcast, let us know. And yeah, but we do have. So they're trying to look for the dog, right? And they wind up. Well, first, I mean, when, you know, Mike Myers pretends to be the hippie. That was, you know, like we referred to dogs as canine Americans. I thought, you know. It's just about <laughs> that was that was something. And he's doing that whole bit and was like, OK, well, I have this really giant oversized pen. If you hand I'm going to hand this to you and then you hand me the dog and then he falls for it. Alec Baldwin, the dumb fuck. But when they end up in the underground club society and yeah. we get our cameo that is Paris Hilton in a Dr. Seuss film. Because when I she read, was, when I she think was top Paris Hilton here, she that was, was like, when I read Dr. Seuss, I'm like Paris Hilton. I think pop culture. I think like she needs a cameo in this film. And I saw that and I was like, what the fuck just happened? I'm not that, even sure that, if she was relevant in 2003. Very. This was peak simple life, I think. Was yeah, like, yeah. That, that, but, was it? There's, really was. There's two like two things that like really confuse me about this movie. One being the Paris Hilton uh, cameo because it only speaks to the adults in the room, and none of the adults are are watching this movie. Going, oh man, I hope some fucking hot bimbos in this movie. Not that Paris Hilton's a bimbo. That was who she was playing at the time. But I'm just saying, like no, but no kid is going. Oh, pretty girl this movie is for kids the other thing is a lot of the jokes like the taxes jokes or the contract jokes are funny to only adults and they're just yeah. barely funny to adults no kid is going haha he made a really clever joke about taxes like i just <laughs> did, i didn't get it because i was like who are you writing for here and now like, it's who the is writing for yeah it's just it was too geared for adults which doesn't really i mean it's cat in the hat like why are you having all these adult jokes especially the way alec and kelly were talking to each other at the beginning talking about how their lives are hard like oh it is hard <laughs> and stuff and they're just like he talks about that you know his car and it's like the was super hydraulic something like interesting missed opportunity to call it a cat a lack but it was just like that would have been hilarious or an espresso or something. Yeah, it needed. Well, yeah, it I thought cat and cat. I did laugh when it comes out and it's a Hummer. And I was like, what the fuck? When then he reveals it to be his cat machine, his cat mobile. Did, speaking was, of vehicles, did you catch uh, Kelly's uh, the mom's uh, license plate? I did not. What does it say? No. Uh, it it says FAP. Four five four, which uh, fapping was like right at its whole thing, you know, there in the early two thousands. So oh, fap, I love yeah, I love that they 
I love that they were able to sneak in just the smallest uh, masturbation reference. In... We needed more in this movie. Yeah. It really, yeah. This is a masturbatory film. And I that's, really... that's the one demographic they hadn't hit before that, but they're like, it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> and then, you know, they get the dog, stuff happens. He destroys the house. And I was laughing when he's like staying outside. I'm like, what the fuck did I do to you kids? And the house is just breaking behind him. That was pretty funny. And that's why, because <laughs> going back to why I enjoyed it is because one of those things I like in these bad movies where the cat is awful and he's so unlikable and he's doing these awful things and there's no reason for us to root for him, but the movie exists for us to root for him and that gives us no reason to. And that's why I thought it was funny. It's like, what? I don't, this cat sucks. He's ruining these yeah. house. He's ruining their lives. He's going to get their mom fired. Eventually, he kind of does the right thing, but I'm just, I still don't, I, this cat scares the shit the out whole of me. Idea of, the whole idea was he was waiting for them to do the right thing. Oh, He right. was never going to do the right, like he, he had, like, he had it all together the whole entire time. He was just waiting for them to figure it out that they were the problems and then he would fix everything. <laughs> the problem is within it's your exactly. fault that you're going to military school and it's your fault that your mom's going to lose her job because <laughs> kids suck. But exactly. But eventually I will say, and what solidified me enjoying this film was the montage of cleaning the house with whatever machine he had, because not only did we have a cover of a Beatles song, but it was by Smash Mouth. And that's what really solidified, okay, I'm I'm all in. Like, it was such an awful cover, such an awful song by Smash Mouth. And that was okay with me. Like, that's what They really... also mentioned getting that song onto the soundtrack. And yeah, I was no, like, chef's that, kiss, let's go. That was hilarious. He said, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, this is part of the soundtrack. And that's why I kept liking it. It was so, his kept, like, you know, breaking the fourth wall so many times, like, so not subtle. And that's why, and it was so, yeah, kind of not funny, but so unfunny that I I was laughing at it right and that was okay i mean because you know uh, smash mouth did shrek which also had mike myers so i think it was like contractually obligated what's funny is that randy newman wrote some songs for this but he said no 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 we're doing smash mouth sorry randy i mean this does not have a randy newman tone really yeah not at all it is a smash mouth tone they smashed that yeah. house up and this is a 2003 movie with Mike Myers, Paramount Studios doing like a kids movie, it had to have a Smash Mouth song. This Shrek, all the like, everything had to have a Smash Mouth song because that was a band that didn't, him and Uncle Cracker, Smash Mouth and Uncle Cracker were the only two bands that were uh, non-offensive to kids in 2003, I guess. Yeah. And then, I mean, they have that whole montage of like, and so, you know, everything worked out. And like the amazing and charming cat was like lived his life or whatever. And he's talking about how great he is. And when it zooms out to the cat recording the voiceover on the microphone, I laugh like that was funny. Like he's talking about how great he is. Yeah, but doesn't so this awful. happen in the Grinch movie as well? I could be wrong, but doesn't, I don't, remember, don't they probably. zone out and it's like, and it's not actually Morgan Freeman, or it's not. Wait, who's the narrator in the fucking cat? I I feel like they do the same joke in the same Doctor Seuss universe. How the Grinch, and that's fucked up. They should. Uh, did they rip themselves. themselves off? I don't remember. I think I don't they know, did. Yeah, and obviously Grinch is a huge he, success. 
Man. Isn't the reveal that he's the narrator, but he's not the narrator? Because like, isn't it like, I don't know, maybe I maybe I missed it, but it seemed like he was the narrator, but then uh, there was more narration. So it yeah, was no, like, he was, was just, it? I didn't, he was just right. narrating that part. I mean, at least for okay. Dan the Hat. I don't okay, know, so but... he wasn't the full-on narrator because there yeah. was an narrator. Okay. Because they made it seem at one point like maybe he was, like that reveal makes it seem, so they kind of cut this there. They were like, hey, uh, he is, but he isn't. <laughs> it was a little right. confusing to say the yeah. least. And that was the film. But we do, we didn't talk about, I mean, when they're looking for the dog and for some reason the kids string him up in a pinata and start beating the shit out of him. There are actual um, nooses shown. No? Yeah. Am I misremembering? Yeah, and not only that, but then we get Beans. He pops out, and, and he's the master guy because he knows yeah. to hit. And which, by the way, this cat is obviously screaming and alive, and they're just beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And then Beans from Even Stevens pops on out. Get hits him right in the balls. And for yeah. some reason... It cuts to him just having this little dream sequence to Easy by Lionel Richie, and he's swinging in a swing, and he's wearing a dress, right? I just don't think why, so. Why? Why was that? Like, I mean, you got like the cheap shot to the balls, and I just don't understand where this dream sequence came from. I don't. I think it's supposed to be a nightmare scratchy. sequence. It was. I don't. He's trying to maybe imagine a happy place, I guess. Is that that what happened? But yeah, he's trying to suppress a, you know, like when you're, you know, if someone is forcing sex on you, kind of a similar situation. It made sense that they brought it up in a kids' movie. Right. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this, it was painted as a kids' movie, but it was written as it was for like 30 something year old stoners. Like, this is definitely an acid trip of a movie. And it's so weird that it was like marketed for kids. But like the cat's nightmare fuel, the fucking yeah. thing one and two are baby crackheads. It's it's Terrifying. a whole mess. And the vibe is the vibe is crazy in the whole movie. So yeah, and so by the way, those crackheads, like that's Dan Castellanata, like a voice actor from The Simpsons, maybe like the best voice actor of all time. He says one thing I, I can't think of one thing he said but like if you're paying for dan fucking <laughs> use dan you got him what are you just fucking make him say anything you want i don't think uh, he just like made a bunch of moaning noises right like they could have hired like they yeah, said, i don't know anybody right I think like, they they were saying things but it was very sped up and it was very high pitched and i didn't understand one thing they were just running it, around yeah it was like machine assisted but yeah. again you could use fucking buddy or kevin for that shit like and i did think it was funny when we're like this is thing two i mean he doesn't he's not like the lower one you could call him thing a all this stuff or like or ben and then he just stares at the camera and it was so not funny it was like wait what the fuck <laughs> like what? there's a I lot don't... of fourth wall breaking that's like but it's too I much i think it's like to make fun of fourth wall breaking yeah, you could tell because one thing, because again, Mike Myers was such a diva on the set. He didn't want to do it. He would only talk to the director and no one else. And half the time when they were doing, he would make the director do so many takes because he didn't think it was funny enough. So he was just, you know, 
spitting, you know, rhymes, doing all this crazy shit that when you can tell he was I, just I love improv. all of that. I love all of that because he didn't want to do the movie. They made him do the movie. They punished him by making him shill for them. He was right. like, then I'm going to make it miserable for everyone. <laughs> you, and you can so- tell. Yeah, the, especially the end product, Jesus. And this guy that directed it, Bo Welch, this is the only movie he ever did. He was mostly right? just, a, just a production designer <laughs> for like Edward Scissorhands, a lot of Tim Burton movies, which you could tell because it's the production it's design definitely, definitely had that touch. Yeah, most definitely. It looked like a Dr. Seuss book, and because it was so you know, obviously bad, and it did okay at the box office, it didn't make its money back, but. Because it was so offensive, Dr. Seuss's widow said, no more live adaptations. Which, I mean, I get, but like, what did live adaptations have to do with it? I thought just Mike Myers, like, get him away from Dr. Seuss. Keep him away from my act. I think it was was the live aspect. Probably. I mean, it it definitely, like, no more Paris Hilton, you know, no more. I just, I don't really know what else really came out, like the Lorax or... Lorax is actually pretty dope, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I will say animated does make it more of that kid's film, because this clearly was not a kid's film. And, you know, it was not How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I like, you could go... You could go like Spike Jones and make like where the wild things are, this crazy existential acid trip, or you could just make this raunchy adult film with Cat in the Hat. Like you really, you could go either or. I really don't. It was definitely a. It was definitely a furry fetish video. It sure. really. I'm, yeah. I, was I had a boner the whole time. I was pretty aroused <laughs> for most of it. I, I just. I don't. I think even for, furries might disagree. I don't know any. I'll have to. You know, go on like Reddit or something. But I mean, would you guys? I don't know. It sounds like you don't recommend Cat in the Hat as like an enjoyably bad film because I gotta say, I enjoyed myself. I was laughing. No, so I I did enjoy this film, and uh, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. Uh, but I would recommend it as like a two blunt uh, bunch. I don't know. There's there's a lot of hit, like Mike Myers apparently hired someone to hold chocolates for him and whenever he would snap his fingers someone would take a piece of chocolate out of tupperware and place it ever so gently in his mouth that's crazy yeah and like you said he was just apparently running back to the monitors for every take and like when you film i guess like the base camp or whatever like is not near where you're filming so like every single tape he would every single take he would just like run back and forth and like be like, was that like look to camera suitable? Was that like Albert <laughs> level? Like, how do we feel about that? <laughs> yeah, that was. God, I I I would. So I recommend this as a movie to watch, either high, drunk, or inebriated in some way, because it is just Mike Myers doing whatever the fuck he wanted for an hour and a half. But I would never wa- I would I would never choose to watch this movie <laughs> like I would never pick this one out to watch though even though if, you own it given the choice between this and North I would watch this again <laughs> every time you did shout out to the other podcasts that we did but I will say what elevates this really is just the high budget and just how it was very professionally made the production design looks amazing and just it is a movie for adults it shouldn't be but it is and 
I enjoyed it. And Smash Mouth, if you could just please cover more Beatles songs. I really, I think we need that here, especially like now more than ever. If you like, if your movie doesn't have a Smash Mouth song, is it really a movie? Like it's really, it's debatable. I have no it's idea. It's definitely not a movie from the early 2000s. <laughs> and that, that was the staple. This movie Scream 2003. And the fact that I got the, I was able to see the sets, it was nostalgic for me. So again, I enjoyed myself. But do you guys have anything you want to plug or promote? Maybe your Insta or Twitter or Friendster. Um. Yeah. Well, first of all, I actually got to see the Grinch set. Hey, hey. brag myself. Yeah. Uh, Lexan. So I'm aging myself. But it's right uh, above the Bates Motel. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, I just got my cat and the hat notes open. Buddy, what do you got? Oh, uh, yeah. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Stab Comedy, I have the Obscure Movie Trivia Show. Uh, Kevin's been on a bunch of times. It's awesome. Uh, and uh, that's about it right now. There we go. And yeah, follow me. I'm trying to make my Twitter a thing, only just because I want my tweets to become memes so just follow me at kevin heisinger and if you want to venmo me also it's kevin heisinger if you're feeling crazy but thanks <laughs> nice. for being on guys and thank you for yeah, wait, wait, wait. let me do my plugs movie. i got oh, plugs I you, you said you didn't have any <laughs> no sorry I, I just i flipped it over to buddy because i uh, i couldn't open my sheet but uh, yeah please listen to uh the comics feature podcast uh, uh future guests are gonna be uh kevin for sure buddy i hope as well um also, uh, I'm going to be part of the AMG Comedy Festival, as well as um, anything called March Madness. But, uh, dude, thanks for having me on. This has been great. Thank you so much for watching this dumpster fire movie and a dumpster fire of a year that we have going on. I appreciate you guys. Boy, that wasn't fun, fun, fun. He never learned you can have fun, fun, fun. But that's his boy. They may ship you off to school, so rain it in a little. We can't buff on without you in the middle. Children!